Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. <laughs> yes, the Lord is worthy to be praised. I said the Lord is worthy to be praised. My, my, my. How many know he's worthy of that praise? Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of that praise. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong unto the Lord our God. My, 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 my. Lord, we came to praise you today. We came to worship you today. Brother Jamie Diley, we came to praise him tonight. Come on, let's give God praise for the miracle-working power of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. More than anything, more than anything. Oh, yes, yes. I worship and adore you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give God praise. We give God praise. We've had a number of needs in the last couple of months. Matter of fact, Brother Dave Duvall, God bless you. It's good to see you tonight in the house of the Lord. Praise God. We give God the praise tonight. He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. He is a miracle-working God. Thank you, Jesus. My, 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 he's a miracle-working God. We're going to look to the word of the Lord tonight. You, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. We're going to just go directly to the word of the Lord, but, but while we're doing that, I want to say how happy I am to see my family. Amen. The Saunders family here tonight. Could you give them a great big hand? Amen. They have been, they have been here and, and, and there the last uh, couple of months. Brother Rodney Saunders is our on-site supervisor here. All of this wonderful work that you see going on, he's an integral part of all of that happening. And doesn't it look wonderful out there? Amen. I hope you've been able to see it in the daylight. Uh, but they have been back and forth between here and Indianapolis. I told them they lived in Indianati and Cincinnapolis for the last little while. And, uh, but they are here now, and we're so thankful for that, and we welcome them. And... Uh, of course, Brother Rod and Sister Janae and their beautiful brand new baby Scarlett, amen, has been here. Our little great niece, I'm a grandpa and a great uncle all in the same year. And my sister and brother-in-law are grandparents and I'm just so thankful that they are here. And Elizabeth and Luke, we love them and uh, I'm, I'm particularly so grateful that they are here and they're looking forward to getting to know everybody and, and uh, so we welcome them to Tree of Life Church. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Let's do that. Let's give him a big hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
And so we're going to be speaking tonight uh, on a subject I think will help us. I, I, want to, I want to bring something to you that I believe will be a blessing to you and uh, will help you in your walk with God. I want to talk to you on the subject, learning to live with yourself. Learning to live with yourself. And, uh, and I want to make special notice of the fact that we're not learning to live by ourselves. Because when we live for the Lord, we don't live by ourselves. The Lord is with us. And the Bible says, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the uh, world. And, and how many have found that God is with us? And he watches over us. Praise God. And, he, and he, he makes sure to be a very, the Bible says, a very present help in trouble. And uh, so that's what we want to understand is that God is always with us. When you are alone, the Bible says, what time I am alone. And there are those times and those seasons in life when you are alone. There are times when you are, are literally alone. And then there are times where you can be in the middle of a hundred people and still feel very much alone. How many have ever had those seasons in life, those times in life? It's not a good feeling, but you know, with anything, as with anything, all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. So we don't, we don't take that time for granted. We utilize that time to draw closer to God. Even in those times, as the writer would say, what time I am alone, even in those times where I am alone, I take that time to be alone, not just lonely or alone, but be alone with God. God will turn your loneliness into solitude. And there's a difference between that. Solitude is connected to the idea of fortitude. It's, a, it's the idea of, of being in a protected place. And that's where God begins to minister to you. So even when you're in a position where, again, you might be surrounded by lots of people, but maybe you feel like nobody knows what you're going through. And so that feeling makes you feel like you are all by yourself. But I want to I talk to you about learning to live with yourself. Because we can be in an environment like this where the presence of the Lord begins to move and the Spirit of God uh, starts to minister to people, uh, and you can feel the, the clean presence of God. How many feel that right now? just feels good in the house of the Lord. It feels, it feels pure. And that feeling is a good thing, and yet, uh, and yet it, you still got to go home tonight. Amen. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have church is because people, people need to be together in the presence of God. And, you know, it, it, if you have created an environment in your home, and you should, where the presence of God is very present, the presence of God is manifest, you need to be filling your homes with uh, sweet songs and hymns. We'll talk about that a little more here in a moment. But you, you need to fill your homes with the Word of God, the Word of faith. Uh, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report, so that your home can be a haven of rest. The old song said, they called it the haven of rest, and that's what our homes need to be. But a lot of times that's not the case. A lot of times people have conflicting ideals happening in their home. Often they find themselves uh, trying to establish a, 
a, a haven of rest. Maybe they're in a position where that's not the prevailing principle of the home. Uh, sometimes when there are uh, people in the house not serving the Lord, that's just not a priority to them to have a home that has the peace of God present there. But oh, how important it is. And anything you can do to inject the peace of God into your home, it's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for your family. It's going to be better for your marriage. It's going to be better for your children. And so that is a good thing. But not everybody has that. So we come together into this place and we sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And we are refreshed and we are solidified and we are strengthened and we are encouraged. Amen. But we do still have to go home. And we still do have to go to work. And we still do have to go out into the world. And we still do have to go deal with the pressures of life. And hey, you could be sitting here right now. But, but there is this reality that on the inside of you is you. And nobody else is there. But you and God and whatever else you invited in. And so you've got this whole little world whirling around you that nobody else can reach, and, and, and you're there. And I'm talking to you, and, and the words are, are getting to you. Now, they, they might uh, you know, go in one ear and out the other, God forbid. We don't want that to happen. We want them to go in one ear, and we want them to stay a while. We want them to get rooted and grounded and build you up in the most holy faith. But the reality is sometimes the words just come and go. Sometimes you're preoccupied with thoughts of what happened today. Preoccupied with thoughts of what could happen tomorrow. Uh, preoccupied with the idea that uh, some kind of foreboding is awaiting you. And, and it is shocking what our mind can wander to. And our, our mind has the ability to do that. The mind is an amazing thing. And it has the ability to wander here and there and everywhere. And so I want to help you by the grace of God to learn to live with yourself. To be able to live at peace and with contentment of heart, with a settled spirit. So that while you're, regardless of whatever circumstance you're facing, you are able to be in this little world that is you and be at peace with God. Now, of course, I will start by saying the number one thing you've got to do is repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, initially evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Ladies and gentlemen, that truly and really is the way forward. That's what will birth you into this glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ. And once you've experienced that, you can take that with you. A few weeks ago, I talked about the keys to the kingdom. Those, that's the key to everything in the kingdom of God. And so when you need to go through another door or you need to walk into another place of power, you use those keys that you have. And you walk through, if you need a door of deliverance or a door of peace opened unto you, you use repentance. But I already repented. Repent again. I repented 35 years ago. You should have repented 35 minutes ago. Amen. And, and repent again. Die daily. 
every day consciously choose to turn from wickedness and serve the Lord. Amen. It's, it's like, it's like a, a, an app, if you please. It needs to be updated or refreshed. Sometimes if an app is showing old information, all you got to do is refresh it, and it's going to show the updated information. And that's the way it is with, with us. It, we have this, this treasure in an earthen vessel, and, and yet it needs to be refreshed. Paul described it like this, stirring up the gift that is in us. Amen. That's what happens when you pray and the peace of God comes. That's the gift stirred up within you. When you repent of your sins, there's a sweet hour of prayer. You take time to sing unto the Lord a new song. You take time to pray to him. You weep a little bit, or maybe you don't, but, but it's good to do that. The old song said, he washed my eyes with tears. There's an importance in that. Why? You are refreshing. You are updating. You are, you are getting strengthened. And so, above all things, repent be baptized in Jesus' name, receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And, and now when I talk to you about living with yourself, you've got the power to do that. You don't have to live in fear. You do not have to live anxious. You do not have to live worrying. You don't have to live depressed. You don't have to live feeling like you're spiraling. You don't have to feel like things are out of control. You don't have to worry about the future. Just, just, just take a moment and understand that God is ministering to you right now. And he will, he will deliver you from this. He will deliver you from this. And you can live with yourself. And, and so, now, the self needs to be crucified. But as long as we've got this natural body, this fleshly body, we're going to have a self to deal with. Okay? So, so my soul and my spirit have already been regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. But when this, this body, this body is going to be changed at the sound of the trumpet. That's when this body is going to be changed, okay? The, the invisible parts of me, they were changed at an old-fashioned altar when God filled me with his spirit. The invisible parts of me, they were changed in the watery grave of baptism when I went down in his name and took on his identity and he took on mine and nailed it to the cross. But the, but the body that I have is going to be changed when the trumpet sounds. That's why the Bible says this mortal, talking about the body, shall put on immortality. This corruptible, talking about the body, shall put on incorruption. So as long as I've got this body, Paul called it, the body of this death. He said this, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He's talking about the fact that this natural body of ours that is so complex, I won't go into all the details about the arteries and the nerves and the, all of the nuances of this human physical body, but, but any little thing can throw it off course. Now, there's healing in the blood of Jesus Christ, even for your body. Praise God, even for our body, there's healing. But as long as we've got this physical body, we're going to have a flesh to deal with, and we're going to have a self to live with. That needs to be crucified. That's the key, is this self dying daily. But the Bible talks a lot about 
self. And so we're going we're gonna to look at what the Bible says. I'm inviting your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We are coming into the story of Ziklag, David and uh, Ziklag. This is a really remarkable story, and you find David at one of the lowest points of his life. Uh, he actually uh, has been in the process of, of kind of restoring relationship with Saul. Uh, this was a long time coming, but he's in this process of restoring relationship with Saul. And the Bible says that in verse 1, when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were taken captive. Now, that is a terrible tragedy. That is what we call a worst-case scenario. They came home to Ziklag, and David and his men, and when they came to Ziklag, all of their wives, all of their sons, and all of their daughters were taken captive. David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. This was a terrible grief that came upon them. And you can imagine why. They came home and the enemy had come in and removed their wives, their sons. They didn't know if they'd been killed, slaughtered. They had no idea what the end result was going to be. This was as bad as you can possibly imagine. And David and everybody that was with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, distressed for the people spake of stoning him. So just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, guess what? It got worse. Because not only did David lose everything that he had, not only did every other man in his company lose everything they had, their houses were burned with fire. All of their wives and children were totally taken captive. For all they knew, they had been slaughtered. And, and, and if, it hadn't, if it wasn't any worse than that, then, then everybody looked at David and said, it's your fault. If we wouldn't have been out doing what you commanded us to do, then we would have been here to protect our wives and our children. And they spake of stoning him. They, David was greatly distressed at his own loss and the loss of all the people. And now the men that were with him speak of stoning him. That's what you call alone. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Now I want you to notice the next line in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What do you do when everything falls apart around you? What do you do when the enemy came in like a flood? And so far, it doesn't seem like there's a good end to this story. Now, we could jump to the end of this story. There's a lot of good teaching and preaching to go in this story. 
David recovers everything that the enemy took from him. Hallelujah. Nobody was killed. None of, none of the wives, none of the sons, none of the daughters were killed. Every one of them, everything, all, everything that the enemy took, David brought it back and he destroyed the enemy for what they did. And, 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 and there was a, a man, an Egyptian, who led them to this company. They were, just, they were just looking, trying to find these people. And they found a man that was, that was about to die. And he was sick. And David gave him bread and nursed him back to health. And asked him, said, who are you? Where do you come from? He said, I'm an Egyptian. I was with the Amalekites. They burned a city to the ground and kidnapped all the wives and children. David said, tell me where they went. That was his first clue as to what had happened. And God restored all of it back to him. But in that process of time, that didn't take us very long to get there, did it? I told you what the bad thing that happened, and the next thing you know, it's all restored back to David. But for David, it was a quite longer process. There were several sleepless nights. There were several grief-stricken moments. There were times when he thought he would lose his life. So let's don't pass over that and just, and just get to the end of the story. Let's understand the human element of what David was dealing with. And, 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 and this statement, but David encouraged himself in the Lord is God, that, that didn't happen as quickly as it took me to say it. That wasn't just a one sentence and, oh, man, I feel better now. We're talking days. We're talking nights. We're talking grief. We're talking loneliness. We're talking fear. We're talking anxiety. And how do you get through all that? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. You have got to learn how to live with yourself. You've got to learn how to continue on in spite of your thoughts that are running to and fro. You've got to learn how to continue on despite of what you regret or what you worry about. And I want you to notice, ladies and gentlemen, when I say that, those are two realities what you regret that has to do with the past and what you worry about that has to do with the future see that's what will happen your body will try to take your mind somewhere your mind can't go or your mind rather will take try to take your body somewhere your body cannot go your body can't go to the past your body is right here and your body can't go to the future your body's right here. So, so regret, David, no doubt David had regret. No doubt David was wishing he had never left and, and, and left his wives and children so vulnerable as they were. No question he had regret. And no question he had worry. What am I going to find when I see them? What, 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 what type of terrible slaughter has occurred? What type of terrible uh, uh, pain has been inflicted? So he has regret, he has worry. How do you deal with that? You encourage yourself in the Lord. 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 Amen. And so I want to talk to you. You cannot go to the past. So your mind will try to take your body somewhere that your body can't go. And you'll dwell on all the things you wish would have been different. 
and you are tormenting yourself. You are tormenting yourself needlessly. And the devil will stoke it. The devil will throw it all into your face. He'll throw it all into your mind. Well, if you woulda, and you coulda, and you shoulda, and if it wouldn't have been like this, and if they wouldn't, and they shoulda, and, and the next thing you know, you're living in a place your body can't go. Or you worry about the future and what if this happened and what if that happened and what if this problem were to develop and what if, what if, what if uh, this horrible tragedy were to occur. Again, your body can't go there, so don't let your mind take you there. Your mind is to dwell on encouraging yourself in the Lord your God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 26, I want to read to you one of the great verses of Scripture. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26 and uh, verse number, I'm going to read verse number 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. That's talking about our day. That's talking about kingdom living. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. That's what salvation does for you. Salvation is your wall and your bulwark. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. How do you have perfect peace? You keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Now, I know when I said that, the first thing your mind did is, that's the whole problem. I can't keep my mind stayed on the Lord. My mind is going a million different directions. You're going to take dominion over it in Jesus' name. Those thoughts belong to God. It's the devil who's trying to distract you. Listen, listen, all you've got to do is create the environment, ask God for help, and he will keep your mind stayed on him. Don't you even worry about it. You're worried about, well, what if I can't keep my mind stayed on him? Your mind is already racing down a rabbit trail. What if I can't keep my mind stayed on him? You don't stop worrying about that. In Jesus' name, you don't have to worry about whether you're going to keep your mind stayed on him. You ask him for help. He is the Lord, and he will help you. He will give you, he will give you direction as to how to create the kind of environment where your mind can be stayed on him. He'll start giving you directives. He'll start giving you pointers. He'll start ministering to you and tell you, listen to this message and, and, and look, at this, look at this devotional book and look at these words from the Psalms and look at these words from the gospel according to Matthew and, and you'll begin to go down this road, text this person, call this person, go out for coffee with this person. You hear what I'm saying? Be at church on time. Be here early and pray. Get your mind on Jesus. He's going to keep you. He, he is going to keep you. You hear me? He is, you're not going to keep yourself in perfect peace. He is going to keep you in perfect peace because your mind has stayed on him. Perfect peace. What is that? I mean, I know what peace is and I think I know what perfect is, but what is perfect peace? You're going to find out what perfect peace is. When your mind is stayed on him, 
and you think about him, hallelujah, what are you doing? You're encouraging yourself in the Lord. Praise God. And, and, and notice what happens here in the book of Acts. We're going to look at Acts uh, and we're going to look at chapter 26. I want to I show you another great character figure from the word of the Lord. His name is Paul, the Apostle Paul. And when he deals with this subject of thinking, he talked a lot about thinking and, uh, and helps us to understand the importance of it. Acts chapter 26, he is asked by Agrippa to answer uh, for himself in verse 1. Now you got to understand, the apostle Paul is before Agrippa, but while he's before Agrippa, he has been in prison. He has been incarcerated for a considerable length of time. And there really is no reason. Nobody even knows why he's imprisoned. But the, the real reason that he's imprisoned is because he has appealed to Caesar. And by appealing to Caesar, his whole purpose was to preach the gospel to Caesar. But because he appealed to Caesar, it has put him into the system, if you please. And the system is such that he now is bound to be in this incarcerated state until he can appeal to Caesar. They would have let him go, but Paul was like, no, I, I need to preach this gospel to Caesar. So I'm going to just keep appealing until I get my audience with, with Caesar. And so he is in this, he's preaching to governors. He's preaching to kings. He's going to end up preaching to Caesar. He's preaching to whoever will listen to him that the Lord delivered me from my own sinful ways on the road to Damascus. I saw a light shining above the brightness of the sun, and he delivered me. He rescued me from being a bloodthirsty hypocrite who slew Christians and didn't know that I was actually in obstruction to the things of God. And now I am saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. He picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. This is Paul's message to everybody, kings, governors, Caesar, whoever will listen to him. In fact, in fact, one particular night, uh, he's, he's very concerned about this and he's, he is he is uh, he's cast into prison, and, uh, and he's trying to make sense of everything. In Acts 23, verse 11, the Bible says, there arose in verse 10, there arose a great dissension. The chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have him pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down, take him by force from among them, bring him into the castle. And the night following, while he's in the castle, imprisoned, the Lord stood by him, and this always kind of struck me funny, the Lord stood by him. Jesus, these are red letters I'm about to read to you. Jesus has been resurrected now for a long time. And these are red letters. The Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul. Okay, now that would that make you happy. If Jesus shows up, that's all I need is for Jesus to show up and, and say, be of good cheer, Joel. That's all we need. How many like that? You're going through a little season of lone, being alone and going through a season of feeling down. If Jesus shows up and says, be of good cheer. But listen to his message. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. I don't know how cheery that is. You think this is something. You just wait. I'm sending you to where they tear Christians apart by lions. 
and you're going to be incarcerated the whole time on your way there. Be of good cheer. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. Be of good cheer. <laughs> and, but, but cheer there means courage. And he's telling, this is what he's telling Paul. He's saying, Paul, don't be afraid of this. Paul, don't think this is weird or strange. Don't think I've abandoned you. Don't think I've forgotten you. I'm entrusting you with this journey. I'm entrusting you with this challenge. You've done it in Jerusalem. You're going to bear witness also of me at Rome. I am with you. I am for you. You are my apostle. I am sending you. And he goes before Agrippa in Acts 26. And the Bible says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself and said this, I think myself happy. Hallelujah. I think myself happy. You know how I've gotten through this time where I've incarcerated? I think myself happy. You know how I've been able to make it through the questions of I'm in Jerusalem now, but I'm on my way to Rome. I think myself happy. Instead of letting your thoughts dominate you and run wild on you, use them, use them as the weapon they are to build you up in faith. Your thoughts are not supposed to be these uncontrollable things that you can't get your hand around. They are a host of opportunities for your faith to increase. Praise God. No, you don't get to run five years into the future and wonder and worry. Get back over here right now. You're going to dwell on the goodness of God. That's exactly what you're going to dwell on. You're going to dwell on the fact that God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is good to me. Your thoughts are God-given tools to encourage you. They don't belong to the devil. They don't belong to the devil. Those aren't the devils. He tries to manipulate them, tries to control them. He tries to push little buttons and get little triggers going in you, get you worrying about things that you cannot, you can't go there. That's why Jesus said, take no thought for the morrow. He said, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. He said, you've got enough to worry about today. Deal with right now. And the things of tomorrow will take care of themselves. Just, you just this is how you this is how you live with yourself you don't worry about tomorrow hallelujah just understand that when tomorrow comes god's going to be there he's already there he's already making a way he really is he is a lot better than we give him credit for he is a lot more good than we give him credit for. And if we would spend our time thinking about his goodness more than we think about what could go wrong tonight or tomorrow, then we would know just how good God is. Oh, I'm learning to live with myself. I'm learning how to sit in my chair by myself and be at, com be at peace and have comfort of mind and heart and body and soul knowing that the Lord is with. 
That's present. He is with me. See, God operates in the present. That's what eternity is. Eternity is a forever present. It is a perpetual moment. That's why we never grow old. Time is not elapsing. Time is no more. It's a perpetual moment. That's why when we talk about our soul, we call it a being. Because that's what we are. We are being. We're, we, we are the invisible parts of us live in the moment. That's why, you, you know, we, we still think we're 20 years old. It takes a mirror and a birth certificate to prove otherwise. And, and, and you take running down the, you just, you just take a lap and you'll find out. You just take a lap. You don't believe me, just run around here real quick and we'll, we'll wait for you to get back to your seat. You'll, you'll know by the time you get back. Somebody get, get the doctor on call, you know. We're not, but, but, but there, is, there is a being in us that doesn't age. Hallelujah, There's a, we are a being. That's referring to moment. And so when God speaks of himself, he speaks in moment language. Moses said, who shall I say sent me? And he says, you tell them I am. Hallelujah. I am that I am. And, and, and he operates in the moment. That's why, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen in the moment. This is why now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's why now is the accepted time. Not then. Then is not the. He didn't say then is the accepted time. He didn't say what was is the accepted time. He said now is the accepted time. And let me tell you how you live in the moment. See, see there are a lot of, there are a lot of gurus that are, that are into self-enlightenment that try to get you to live in the moment because they know that's, there's, there's power in living in that centered place. But you can't do it outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who mastered time. He's the one. That's what he was saying when he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, that's moment language, that where I am, there you may be. Ah, God have mercy. That's why he said before Abraham was, I am. Because he, he lives in this moment and he'll welcome, if you'll get in him, that's where you'll be. You'll be in the moment. Let me tell you something, it does not matter, it does not matter how many years have transpired in your life, you can always live in the God-ordained moment when you are in Jesus Christ. That's why we are a chosen generation, because it doesn't matter your age. If you're alive, you're a part of this generation. Every generation needs young people. Every generation needs elderly people. Every generation needs middle-aged people. Every generation needs all ages represented in it. We are beings. If I'm alive, I'm supposed to be here. Then I'm supposed to be engaged in this moment. 
Hallelujah. And I'm not going to worry about what was, what went wrong. I can't go back. My body can't go back to where my mind is trying to take me. So mind, you're just going to have to come center right here in Jesus. And you're going to dwell on how good God is and how wonderful God is and how blessed the Lord is. And it's gonna and it's gonna bring me to that place, and I'm gonna thrive, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be strong in the Lord. Notice that all of that happens in the Lord. He didn't say be strong, he said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. David didn't just encourage himself, he encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Hallelujah. We'd sit together in heavenly places. In Jesus Christ, the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Everything we experience in God and every power we have access to happens in the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. David walked up to Goliath and said, you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name, in the name, in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. You get inside that name, I'm going to tell you, you can encourage yourself. You can think yourself happy. Let's look at what Paul was talking about. Because Paul told us exactly what he meant. In case you wondered, Philippians chapter 4 and verse uh, number, let's just read a few verses. Let's read verse number 4. He's going to tell us how to live with ourselves. Rejoice in the Lord always. Any question on that? Always. Always. Things go bad, rejoice in the Lord. Where? In the Lord. If you're in the Lord, you're in the moment. <laughs> if you're in the Lord, you're not in the past. If you're in the Lord, you're not in the future. If you're in the Lord, you're in the moment because that's where the Lord is. He is the I am. Glory to God. Don't try to get in the moment by yourself. Okay, hear me now. Don't try to get in the moment by yourself. That's witchcraft. That's why the New Age mystics are trying to tell everybody, oh, you just need to get in the moment. You just need to live in the here and the now. And, and, and they're trying to do it without Jesus Christ. You can't do it without Jesus Christ. You know, the devil has nothing new he can offer. All he can do is try to offer you everything God says you can have without God. That's what the devil offers you. He tries to say you can have all that God wants you to have, just you don't need him to do it. That was exactly what he told Adam and Eve. He's always trying to get us to experience the blessings of God without God. But, but, but you and I know, and anybody that will hear us knows and will understand through the preaching of the gospel that this can only be found in the Lord. Rejoice, not in yourself, but rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you don't understand that, he's going to say it again. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. That's a huge part of being able to live with yourself, being in moderation. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Don't be extreme in any way. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Be balanced. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That doesn't mean be reckless. That means don't be full of care for anything. Don't be full of care for anything. Just, just, just don't let the cares of life 
get you wrapped up in anything. Be careful for nothing but in everything. So instead of being full of care about things, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. When you start feeling the cares start to kind of multiply and you start caring a lot and you start getting anxious and you start fretting and you start worrying, that's your cue. That is your cue to, to just calm down and in everything, each one of those things, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That means with gratitude, you go to God and you let your requests be made known unto God. It's simple. That's how you overcome anxiety and being full of care for everything. You just start making your requests known to God with thanksgiving and by prayer and supplication. Supplication means making your petition known. And you just say, God, I need you to handle this for me. And you know what? You can even be so honest as saying, and I don't even know if that's the right prayer to pray. Could you show me the right prayer to pray? Or maybe you already know my heart, and, you're tr and it's translating as I'm praying it. And I, and, and, but I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to make my prayer and my supplication known to you. And I'm going to thank you for everything. My God. I'm telling you how to learn to live with yourself. I'm telling you how to learn to overcome anxiety and fear and worry. Hallelujah. And listen to this. Let your request be made known to God. And here's the promise. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Woo. You know, you know I, I, have, I have, you can bring anything to God. When we talk about supplication, listen, you can bring anything to God. You know, I've gone to God before and said this. I've said, Lord, I don't know how I should feel about this. So can you help me feel the way I'm supposed to feel? And you know what? You know what's awesome? He'll do it. He'll come down and he'll start saying, okay, well, you don't need to worry about it, so let's get rid of that. And you don't need to fear it, so let's get rid of that. And you don't need to be anxious, so let's get rid of that. And you certainly don't need to lay awake at night, so let's get rid of that. And he leaves me with wisdom and understanding, and patience, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, are you ready for this, shall keep your hearts, those are your feelings, and your minds, that's your thoughts, will keep it through Christ Jesus. Not you, you're not going to be this master of thoughts. And I'm going to be able to have total control and discipline of all my feelings. No, 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 no. The peace of God's going to do that for you. Listen, you got remember the miracle in all this. If you were the one that could do that, we'd be praising you. I love you, brother so-and-so, more than anything. But we're not praising you. We're praising him who is the God of all peace. He shall keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. The peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's a reason why he's worthy. It's not just because we said he is. He really is worthy of all our praise. God. 
he really is so worthy. He really does keep his word. And he keeps it by faith. If you'll have faith, and again, oh, I just heard your mind. Your mind just ran down the road. Oh, but that's the problem. I struggle to believe. That's all right. He knows your frame. He remembers that you are dust. Just tell him, Lord, I'm struggling to believe. Help me. Help me believe, Lord. Help me believe. <laughs> help me believe. He'll do it. You'll, you know what? And, and you won't even have to worry about it. You can just go on to sleep because you'll wake up the next day believing. Because he'll, he'll come down and do that hard work for you. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. So he's going to give you some ways to live with yourself. Whatsoever things are true, <laughs> just think about those things. Just things that are true. Hallelujah. And, and you notice when, when, when you get into this, if you trace all of these things back to, to, to their origin, it's not a what, it's a who. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. And, and, I, and this, these two are two of my favorites of this whole list. I love this whole list, but I love these two because he says, if there be any virtue... If, if, there, if, you can, if you can squeak out just a, just a grain of virtue, think on that. If there be any praise at all, then you can discard all the other junk and just take that one little bit of praise and think on that thing. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's how he thought himself happy, and that's how you'll be able to think yourself happy. Hallelujah. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard, and this is Paul talking, and seen in me. You've watched me do this, he said. Do those things, and the God of peace shall be with you. My goodness. Let's keep, let's keep talking about what the Apostle Paul says. I'm going to turn your attention to the, the book of uh, uh, Ephesians in chapter 5. The book of Ephesians chapter 5, and um, I want to read uh, verse 15. We're going to read just a few things. Verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Okay, that's an important verse. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What that means is see that you walk and know where you are and know what's around you. But don't do it like a fool. Do it as someone who is wise. The fool looks around and is scared of what they see. The fool looks around and worries about what they see. But the wise looks around for the purpose of being aware. And they're not afraid of it. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The world's solution to coping is being filled with wine and drunk. To be drunk with wine and wherein is excess. That's, their, that's the way they cope. They, they go ask for more alcohol to numb them, to, to intoxicate them. And that's the way they do it. But he said, that's not what we do. We, be, we are filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, and I love this, and this, I read all that to read this. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves. 
This is how you learn to live with yourself. You talk to yourself. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I remember the first time I was introduced to Bluetooth technology. It was new, and I had never seen it. I was sitting in an airport, and while I was sitting there, a gentleman came walking over to the gate area. We were getting ready to board the plane, and he came over and started talking to me. And I didn't, I was, I, it didn't make sense what he was saying. It was like mid-conversation, like, like we were, I thought, well, were we talking to each other? And, and I look over at him, and, and he's talking, he's, he's talking. And then I realized, then I realized, oh, he's crazy. That's what it is. These men are filled with new wine. That's what this is. But then he, then he turned his head, and, and I saw a little uh, uh, earpiece, and I realized, oh, there's a technology that I'm not familiar with. He's talking to somebody. But there was a wireless connection between him and somebody I couldn't see. And that's what happens when you're talking to yourself. You're connected to something nobody else can see. And to live with yourself, you've got to get into the habit of talking to yourself. Not just about anything. He specifically says to speak to yourselves in psalms. There's 150 of them. Go find you some good ones. And when you feel low, you talk to yourself in psalms. I'm, I'm over here sitting in my chair. I feel like I'm all alone. Nobody knows where I am, who I am. Nobody really cares. All right, here it goes. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Hallelujah. Though wars should rise against me, my heart will not fear. Though a host should encamp against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple all the days of my life I'm already feeling better my goodness I'm feeling better and I was anointed before I started quoting it and I'm feeling better than what I felt when I was already feeling good that's what the Psalms will do for you hallelujah hallelujah you speak to yourselves in psalms. Now, I'm not, that's not just any old song. That's the psalms. Glory to God. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things in this world that have changed. A lot, a lot of changes. But that book has not changed. You, my, When you feel like everything's crumbling and shaking and changing around you, you just open up the Word of God. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you start speaking to yourself in the Psalms. Hallelujah. And hymns. Hymns. Amen. Amazing grace. Blessed assurance. What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. 
Hallelujah. And spiritual songs, peace, peace, wonderful peace. Hallelujah, coming down. Goodness. And you know what? You know what? I've even done this before in, in, in those times where I needed to be connected to God. I've started singing songs. Nobody, I wrote it right then and there. I mean, I sang that thing. I got 10 or 11 verses. I got a couple bridges. Y'all don't want to hear it, trust me, but it was... It blessed me in that moment. Hallelujah. I can't remember all the words, but when what time I am alone, I'll write another one. I'll sing another one, and I'll, it'll lift me up out of whatever pit. It'll pick me up. It'll dust me off. I'll walk on with Jesus. I will not let fear have a hold on me. I will not let anxiety have a hold on me. I will not let depression have a hold on me. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke suicidal thoughts right now in the name of Jesus. They are washed from your thinking. They are washed from your mind. You surrender them to God. You've got so much to live for. Your very best days are ahead of you. You live one day at a time in Jesus Christ. Let the blood of Jesus wash over you. Let the peace of God that passes understanding keep your heart and your mind. Through Christ Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. And that little world of you, that little, that little world that is you, will not be a place of torment where thoughts run amok and, and, and haunt you and torment you. It won't be like that anymore. You'll be at peace. You'll be settled. You'll be strong. You'll be resolute, and you will be a light in the darkness for others around you. Because you've learned how to live with yourself. It can only be done in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Could we lift our hands to heaven right now and ask the Lord? Let's just bless him. Let's just praise him right now. Let's just worship him. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Go ahead and start it right now. I want you to go ahead and start right now something you can take home with you. Jesus, I've come to praise you. Jesus, I've come to lift you up. Jesus, I've come to magnify your name. I've come to lift you on high. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Woo, hallelujah. I feel the strength of the Lord in this house. I feel the strength of the Lord in this house. Hallelujah. I was in Israel nine years ago, almost ten years ago, and... And while I was there, I, I remember on the plane on the way over, I, I was looking at the aerial map, and I saw this little sliver of land called Israel. And all around it were nations, all of whom are on the record as having vowed Israel's annihilation. They're going to destroy it. And there's this little sliver of land called the land of promise. And I get there, and I'm, and I'm having just this incredible experience of going where Jesus went. And, and I, I remember being on the Sea of Galilee one day. And while I was on the Sea of Galilee, I, I stood on the edge of that boat. 
It was so peaceful that day. It was beautiful, beautiful weather. And, and I'm on this water, and I'm looking down at this water, and I say, Lord, you walked on this water as a man. And I looked at how peaceful that water was in that moment, and then I looked up, and I saw, I saw birds flying, gliding through the air, and the gentle breeze was just hitting my face. It was a perfect moment to just start crying. <laughs> and I did. I said, Lord, there's so much peace here. And then I thought, how is there so much peace? Because just over those mountains are people who want to destroy this place and destroy these people. How is there so much peace? And the Lord said to me, this is what promise feels like. You can just live and not be afraid. I went down to the Mediterranean Sea, and while I was in Tel Aviv at the Mediterranean Sea, you know, Tel Aviv, the, the place that's always having to defend itself from incoming rocket fire. And, and I'm standing there thinking, we could be, we could experience rocket fire at any moment. I mean, missiles could come flying this way at any moment. And, and I'm looking around the Mediterranean Sea, and people are throwing Frisbees. People are drinking coffee in coffee shops. And I thought, so this is what promise looks like. It doesn't matter what the enemy's doing. Just throwing Frisbees in the breeze. Take another sip of coffee. Take a stroll on the beach. Live your life. Enjoy your life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Be careful for nothing. But in all things, always, always in all things, by prayer and supplication, give thanks unto God. Yeah, and the God of peace shall keep your hearts, those are your feelings, and your minds, those are your thoughts. The peace of God which passeth understanding shall keep your feelings and your thoughts through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm ready to live. I'm ready to live. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. I want somebody right now to lift up your hands like the shackles are falling off of you. and Just live. Just let God breathe new life into you. Let God breathe new life into you. Come on, let God breathe new life into you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody breathe right now. Just breathe it in. Inhale and exhale and praise Him and thank Him. If you've got something that's weighing on your mind, you just, you just bring it to God as supplication. Just release it to Him. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to take a moment now. I want somebody to come right now and let the Spirit of God move upon your heart. These altars are open. These altars are open. Come on, in the name of Jesus. If you want to stay right where you are, but the Holy Ghost is in this house, God's getting ready to lift something off of you. Come on, get something you can take home with you. Hallelujah, and learn to live with yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He goes before me. Oh, yes, Lord. 
That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Oh, I shall love the boy. No, I won't. I won't fear. I won't
somebody here tonight, you've got a past that the devil tries to bring up. I wonder, instead of worrying anymore or regretting anymore about your past, if you could just give God praise that it's over now. That the storm is over now. <laughs> that the storm is over now. That the storm is over now. Oh, hallelujah. My, my, my. And some of you are worried about the future, what, what the future may hold. And I, instead of worrying about what the future may hold, I want you to go ahead and give God praise that he's already there. That he's already there, and he's waiting for you with arms wide open, outstretched arms. He's already there, bidding you come out onto these waters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo, God's doing something. Let's take a moment and rejoice in the Lord always. Come on, before we go, let's rejoice in the Lord always. Jesus, go in the name of the Lord, hallelujah, go in 